Welcome to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony and he provides commentary on the WMHT Live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. The Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. The idea for this concert was something that's very close to my heart. Uh, This month, actually, December 24th, to be exact, was the 100th birthday of the orchestra's greatest guardian angel, great friend, longtime board member, pillar of our community, particularly in Troy, New York, Dr. Heinrich Medicus. Heinrich was for many years a much-loved and distinguished professor at RPI, where he taught physics and nuclear physics in particular. He was also just a great lover of music, of art, of wine, a a huge wine connoisseur, in fact, uh, of all things related to our region, particularly Troy, and uh, in particular of chocolate. He was Swiss-born, had grown up in Zurich, Switzerland, and so would eat strictly Swiss chocolates in incredible volume, which we'll get to in a a little later in the program. But he um, was a, a, a very distinguished person, deep thinking almost mystical, spiritual person, while at the same time being a great scientist uh, who had uh, developed some very important theories early in his life related to to nuclear physics, but also just a great lover of life, a man who knew how to live life to its absolute fullest. He lived uh, to be 98 years old and passed away just a little under two years ago in February 2016, just after his 98th birthday. For the 90th birthday, we had a big, wonderful celebration, a a Yo-Yo Ma concert. Uh, Yo-Yo played happy birthday to him, and we all sang, and it was just a great, great time. And he had a a very wonderful life up to the very last couple of weeks when, when before he passed away. But in those last weeks, he did say to me, David, just do me one favor, play a Bruckner symphony for me after I'm gone. And so, of course, I wanted to to do that and to honor him with that. It seemed that the occasion of his 100th birthday was a perfect time to do that, to actually explore uh, a piece that perhaps the orchestra and I and our community had not experienced before. So we actually picked a Bruckner symphony that we have never before played, the Sixth Symphony, which we'll hear on the second half of the program. And then the question was, well, what else should we put on the program, given that it's a a mid-December program in the beautiful Troy Savings Bank Music Hall? uh, How can we reflect both the season and the uniqueness of Heinrich? So uh, my thinking was that Heinrich, in addition to being this deep brilliant intellectual person was also one of the most fun-loving and uh, whimsical, witty people I knew. He just loved, he loved to prank people, actually, and he lived at Beechwood, that lovely retirement community in Troy that's part of the St. Peter's Health Partners Association. Every year, he would write an annual April Fool's memo to all the residents there. I don't know how he got past the administration, but one year it was about how they were going to put a swimming pool on the roof, and they were going to have to uh, vacate all of the top floor 
apartments. Everybody got very agitated about that, but eventually he explained that it was a joke. Uh, and the next year, my favorite one was when he announced in his memo that they were going to have to tear down the fronts of everybody's apartment because they were going to be widening the corridor in the middle of the hallway so that everybody could get through with their walkers and their wheelchairs and such, which created pandemonium. But he thought that was great fun. <laughs> he really knew how to, how, to, how to enjoy himself. And he was extremely um, just lively and, and wonderful. And as I mentioned, a, a huge, a huge uh, onophile, a great, a great wine fanatic. So I thought, what better way to, to celebrate him than to sort of showcase the two sides of his personality? So in the first half, it's exclusively lively, bubbly, fun music uh, of the season. So I naturally gravitated to Johann Strauss Jr., the Waltz King, and programmed three of his masterpieces on the program, and then also a new commissioner work, which I'll speak about in just a moment. So we began the program with one of my all-time favorite Johann Strauss Jr. works, the great Fledermaus Overture, the overture to his opera, Die Fledermaus. And the, this overture has the different themes of the story, which is rather convoluted and hard to explain, except it's about a, a gentleman and his wife, and he's going off to prison, essentially, for a debt that he, he didn't pay, but it's, in fact, going off to a big, a big New Year's Eve party. She pretends to lament his departure, but is actually meeting up with a young tenor she's fallen in love with, and it goes kind of from that point down. It gets more and more convoluted and funny and crazy, and uh, it's just a, a, a fabulous work, and bubbly and lively and charming. Great, great vocal parts for all the characters. So the, the overture is kind of a potpourri of all the themes that will be explored in the opera, and it's a dazzling opener. Here it is, the Fledermaus Overture, Johann Strauss Jr., played by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was the overture to Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Fledermaus. The orchestra was the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Next on the program, uh, because even though Heinrich was uh, was Swiss, he was he was very Swiss German and uh, very connected to Austrian culture and to German culture, and loved uh, Johann Strauss Jr.'s music and the the sumptuous, the sort of voluptuousness of it. So particularly of of, of his waltzes, you know, because that was what he was most justly famous for. And I should mention that uh, we all know the Strauss waltzes, particularly the Blue Danube and perhaps the Emperor waltzes, which are all sequences of waltzes that initially, you know, in, when he fashion these pieces were, were really for dancing, for, for parties. And uh, I, I've always been quite in awe of Johann Strauss Jr. He was not only a great composer, he was a great business person. And uh, he just ruled the roost in Vienna in the 1860s and, and so, um, when he was really viewed as the king. And, and he he had this incredible operation where he had a great number, six or eight different waltz parlors that would be running concurrently on every weekend with their own orchestras. He had a phalanx of librarians who were working around the clock to to manage things and a, a, also of, of arrangers who were arranging his music. And he would be jotting down waltzes and sending them to the arrangers who would then get them to the librarian who would get them to the the, the different waltz, uh, waltz restaurants, essentially. And uh, then Johann Strauss in the evening would go around with his violin from, from orchestra to orchestra to his various orchestras and lead for a little bit and then run off to the next one and um, so he was he was just a, an indefatigable absolutely tireless uh, entrepreneur as well as a great composer and what we sometimes forget is how great a composer he was because the music is so so ubiquitous it's just kind of everywhere particularly the Blue Danube but I must say that that uh, when I was a, a conducting student at Juilliard 
uh, the way I discovered what a great composer he was, was I, I noticed that the Vienna Philharmonic was coming to Carnegie Hall for two programs with Herbert von Karajan, who was still alive at the time, although very elderly and near the very end of his life and his career. He, he must have been mad at the Berlin Philharmonic, his usual orchestra, that month because he went on tour at the Vienna Philharmonic. And they were playing two concerts. One, I think, was a Mahler symphony that sold out immediately. And then they were doing a, a Schubert, uh, a Schubert Johann Strauss Jr. program. And at first, being young and completely stupid, I uh, thought, ah, oh, I don't want to go hear a bunch of Johann Strauss Jr. music. But I, I got a ticket and I went. And it was an absolute revelation to me because these pieces didn't sound like they sounded like Richard Strauss. They sounded like tone poems, and they were so lovingly played, and the, the tempo flexibility from waltz to waltz and from section to section, just they were, I had, had no idea they were such great pieces. And, and it caused me to do a little more research into Johann Strauss Jr., and I discovered that he really was not just the most famous pop figure of the 19th century, but he was one of the most beloved figures in all of music in the 19th century. And we know that because both Brahms and Wagner, who were kind of at the, the poles of this great culture war in Vienna in the mid and late 1800s, both of them loved his music. There's a very touching and famous uh, story of Brahms, who was a very close friend of, of his, meeting his daughter-in-law late, late in Brahms's life. And, and he autographed her, her fan. She was carrying a fan. And, and he, he jotted down the first few notes of the Blue Danube. Ba, ba, da, da, and then underneath he wrote, Leider nicht from Johannes Brahms. Sadly, not by Johannes Brahms. So, so um, Strauss really was this amazing figure. And this next piece, which is a, a, a set of waltzes that I picked really because the title seemed to so express Heinrich's loves in life. It's called Wine, Women, and Song. Heinrich was married to a, a wonderful lady, Hildegard, for 47 years. He certainly had a, he had a wonderful marriage with her and wasn't particularly all fixated on women, but he, he certainly loved wine and song, and he loved Hildegard uh, absolutely. So I thought it was a very topical idea, but I, I had not really remembered what a great piece it is. It starts unlike the waltzes we think of, it starts with this very extensive, maybe four-minute-long introduction, which is not a waltz, that sounds like if Schumann or Mendelssohn had written it, they would have been very proud to put their name on it. Uh, and then it eventually evolves into this set of four very elegant and quite varied waltzes. And he premiered this in, in 1869 at a, a waltz evening on this special holiday, which was essentially February 2nd, the, the Viennese equivalent of our April Fool's Day. And it was quite a sensation. Uh, it was originally a, a, a waltz for men's chorus and orchestra, but the choral part eventually, like the Blue Danube, which was also originally a choral work, kind of fell fell by the wayside, and it's, it's known as a purely orchestral work and a very great one at that. So here now, Johann Strauss Jr.'s Wine, Women, and Song. The orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was Johann Strauss Jr.'s waltz series, Wine, Women, and Song, played by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Next up on the program is a work that's very special to me because it's something that Heinrich had always wanted us to make possible to bring into the world. Uh, because of Heinrich's deep love for Swiss chocolate, being a native Swiss, uh, and, and the fact that he was an absolute chocoholic, he had many years ago conceived this idea that we should commission one of our wonderful young American composers to write a series of chocolate waltzes, waltzes celebrating the wonders of, of chocolate. He had actually written to the Lint Sprungli Company, of which he was a shareholder, and actually every year he would go back to Zurich in the month of April and go to a number of different parties and meetings and visit friends and such, and he 
would always go to the Lindsprungli annual meeting because he got free lunch, beautiful lunch, and would always, everybody who went to the lunch would walk out with a 50-pound box of chocolate, which we would, he would come home and uh, he would bring back to, to, to Troy and eat within the space of about two months and then have to order more chocolate. But he always wanted a set of chocolate waltzes. And when he asked Lindsprungli if they would underwrite the cost of commissioning it, they politely declined. So this was very much in my mind, and I thought, well, since it's going to be his 100th birthday, I think we, the Albany Symphony, should take it upon ourselves to commission a set of chocolate waltzes. So I turned to a, a wonderful young friend of ours, Ben Wallace, who's written a couple of pieces for us, one of our, our fabulous uh, Erie Canal water music pieces that we, these pieces that we took along the Erie Canal. He wrote a beautiful piece for this, the town of Little Falls. Uh, it was actually two, two pieces uh, and, and works wonderfully with text. And this was actually the first time that I had asked him to write a piece that didn't include a text. He, he confessed to me later. He's much happier writing purely abstract music, so he was fine with that. But I thought it was a very tall order to ask him to write a, a waltz piece that would then go right after two Johann Strauss Jr. masterpieces. He was not shaken by that at all and fortunately uh, fashioned uh, a piece that well, it sounds much more contemporary. It's a very approachable, very lovely piece of music, but much more in the sort of Ravel, La Valse, heading towards Sondheim, or if you know the Carousel Waltzes by Richard Rogers, sort of that kind of idiom and that kind of sound world, and also really that kind of big, glorious orchestration. So it's a piece called Chocolate Waltzes. He wrote it over a period of the last eight months or so, and as he described, it's not concretely about chocolate in any way, but he did eat a lot of chocolate while he was writing it and kind of gravitated to three different kinds of chocolate, to to dark chocolate, uh, this ginger chocolate, which was kind of mysterious, he said, and to a kind of habanero chocolate, which is kind of spicy. So he developed his themes out of the ideas of those different kinds of chocolate. So he's got a spikier theme and a mysterious theme and a beautiful, rich, voluptuous theme that he develops through the piece. Unlike Johann Strauss Jr., it's not a series of waltzes, but it's these different waltz ideas kind kind of swirling around and coming and going at various points in the piece. The other thing that I think Heinrich would have been very touched by is Ben wanted to make it specific to us and to him and a, a, an homage piece, a tribute piece. So he has a system he uses where he creates ciphers. He'll take he'll take the notes of a scale, actually, and then he'll just put letters above them, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then he'll pull out the letters of somebody's name and will try to build a melody around that. So he did create a theme that's based on Heinrich and another very lovely waltz theme that's based on Medicus. And as he confessed in one of the pre-concert talks, it doesn't always work out that the the names turn into beautiful music, but in Heinrich's case, Medicus in particular, he thought turned into a very charming uh, theme. So, and I think Heinrich would have been very touched to know that he's secretly encoded in this piece, this set of, of pieces that he very much wanted to have come into the world. So here it is now, the world premiere of this lovely new piece by Ben Wallace called Chocolate Waltzes. The orchestra's the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. That was the world premiere of Ben Wallace's Chocolate Waltzes, played by the Albany Symphony. 
Just to close the first half, I couldn't resist playing one of those fabulous Johann Strauss bonbons. This one is very topical because of who and what Heinrich was, what who he was and what he did. Uh, Heinrich actually held, and I believe still holds, the world's record in the Guinness Book of World's Records for longest shot of a champagne cork. Uh, he did this in 1988. He tried earlier and unsuccessfully to beat the, the then-standing world record. Uh, he was a, an expert on ballistics. He'd actually been in the head of a ballistics corps in the Swiss Army in the Second World War and uh, knew a great deal about wind and, and, and of course, being a physicist, knew a lot about for- physical forces as well. So there are great pictures from the New York Times and the Times Union from 1988 of him, you know, with all this headgear and a big all, all sorts of padding around his body out on the Saratoga polo grounds trying to beat this world record. And, and ultimately he did. I think his record was 177 feet and nine inches, which I, I'm pretty sure still stands to this day. So I couldn't resist closing the first half of our program with a, a particularly specific homage to him and his achievement. This is the Champagne Polka by Johann Strauss Jr. And you should be able to hear the, the corks popping at various points late in the piece. Again, the orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Thanks for listening to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller of the Albany Symphony Orchestra from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.